You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey, Score North listeners, it's Phil Mackey here. And starting Monday, September 23rd and running through Friday, September 27th, we at Score North are raising money to feed and change the lives of Twin Cities homeless. We're calling it Score North's Mission for Meals, supporting the Union Gospel Mission Shelter in St. Paul. We're auctioning off some awesome sports-related packages, including Twins playoff tickets with luxury transportation to the ballpark, a gopher football tunnel experience, a Vikings-Packers package, also live show sit-ins with Glenn Perkins, Alex Boone, and a lot more. Money raised will go directly into helping transform the lives of Twin Cities homeless. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals is where you can see all the packages. That's scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Or if you just want to donate, you can go to the same website. A dollar ninety six provides a meal and shelter for a homeless person. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. The great thing about this team and the way Rocco's led it all along is uh, we don't put limits on things. We don't put ceilings on it. We don't say specifically that you know this is how uh, this may play out. And I think that that allowed this team to continue to go and push every night and play to the best of their abilities. And we would lose some games, but hopefully win more than we lost. And I think that's why we're standing where we are today. All right, John, on a scale of, of one, on, on a scale of Rami during staycation to Judd Zolgat in his prime covering Vikings training camp in Mankato, how hungover was Derek Falvey? In that interview on the Scorn or Twin Show earlier today. Well, to be fair, you have to weigh it because he probably doesn't drink as much as I certainly did during vacation. <laughs> and I would guess he doesn't drink as much as Rami did during uh, a staycation or me during training camp. So if I factor that out, I take out, let's say I take out a three out of two, I would say about a six. A six? That's not too bad. That's not oh. too No, I wouldn't think that. No, and, and yeah, it I was. I was six, seven when I heard him. Somewhere and, in there. And it was day game after night game. Oof. And the worst part? The Twins won ten to four today. Yeah, dude, they're C, that just, was a C can, lineup, man. Can Detroit just C. not play these last three games? Can they just go home? Dude, just most, forfeit. Amazing. That was most of the Rochester lineup. Yeah, that they ran out there today. Dude, there was a leadoff hitter there for the Twins, and I was like, "What?" Was that? <laughs> Ian Miller, that right? Is that the guy they picked up? Like the Seattle. seventh outfielder from the Steals bases, and he can run. Okay. Yep. That's the guy, uh, yes, from Seattle. At what point do they notify those players? Because if you go back to last night. Uh, and, and you say they, they started drinking and had about an hour between when they clearly started drinking and when the actual champagne celebration took place because the, because there was an hour difference with the games. So like at what point in that celebration do you get the tap on the shoulder if you're Lamont Wade? Like do you go into that celebration if you're Lamont Wade knowing that you're yes. going to play tomorrow? I think you have to, right? Like uh, Jason, but what so about who, Jason Castro? No, he, I don't, I don't know that I really care. If I'm, if I'm Rocco Baldelli and Falvey and Levine, I don't care. Show up tomorrow hungover. I don't care. We won the division. Yeah. So I, I agree. I'm just saying, like, so from what a, if we lose the game? But to Phil's, know, but, but but to Phil's point, yeah, yeah but I'd no. I don't know if, if no. I'm Jason Castro, I'd want to you know. You know who has to like, get the tap? Scopey. Jonathan Scope. Scopey's got to get the tap, right? Veteran guy, hey, 
Just, you know, I don't care how drunk you get, but you're going to DH tomorrow, right? If, be conscious. If they told me that, I'd be like, cool, whatever. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Astadia did exactly that. Astadia just danced the whole time, poured champagne and beer on people, and then uh, and, and then like went four for five day with a home run. And then I'd forget by this morning that I was playing. That you, I'd forget that you told me last night that I was playing. So it's a waste of time anyways. You're wasting your breath. Dude, they, the, the other thing about those celebrations, it's hilarious. I always look for the guys who don't really belong, but, you know, you're part of the team. Mm-hmm. Cole Stewart last night was spraying champagne and pouring beer on people's heads. And all I could think of is I would I would feel, if that were me, I would feel a little guilty. A little guilty. Because my contributions really were only negative to the team. And I have like a 9 ERA. Would you guys feel a little guilty if you were if you were no. on the team? Robbie clearly wouldn't. Listen to him. He's in the bag completely. He knows he's playing the next day. Hell I would no, be... Man. I think I would. I think I might just spray a little bit of beer or something. <laughs> then just drink. Be like, okay, tonight, tonight. Just find I, a corner to drink in. Tonight, there is nothing but free beer and champagne. And for one night, I can forget I'm Cole Stewart. Who was that reliever in 2010? I can pretend twins, I'm somebody else. The twins signed him from the Phillies. And he never pitched a game. Oh, my gosh. This is going to this is gonna kill me now. I'm going to pull up the 2010 twins. But um, they signed him? They signed or a they dude. Traded for him. They signed a guy in the off season of this is leading to a story. Yeah, okay. they signed a guy in the off season. He was. I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go through the roster here. I can't. <laughs> I can't get this out of my head. I got uh, Jeff Manship. No, it wasn't him. Brian Fuentes wasn't him. Um. Anyways, it was some guy yeah. that they signed from the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, he got hurt in spring training. Never pitched. As a twin, made like nine hundred thousand dollars, and he would always be playing cards with teammates during the season in the clubhouse. And the celebration ensues. The last time they won a division, the two thousand ten celebration. This guy was the hero of that celebration. Never pitched a game. Nine hundred thousand dollar contract. Got injured like a shoulder injury out of spring training, and he was the hero of that celebration. It was amazing. I don't see the problem. I would feel guilty. I would. I would feel just a little bit guilty. Wouldn't you feel weird at all? No. Absolutely not. Who's going to notice? Who the hell is going to notice? You? Why wouldn't I have a good time? And I'm like... I I don't think he's saying don't have a good time. I think he's saying... Clay Condry. (laughs) Clay Condry? (laughs) So wait, wait, wait. So how how was he... Clay Condry. So when when you say that he was the hero of the celebration... Yeah, he was like... Explain this. He was in like, if I remember correctly, he was in like like army fatigue uh, camouflage (laughs) sliding shorts... He wasn't shirtless like Sergio Romo, who did the shirtless sliding shorts look this and ran ever. all around awesome. the field last night. That was amazing. But Clay Condry was the guy. Clay Condry. I don't even remember Clay. So do you guys have your uh, Judge, you have your scorebook out? Because I think this is a great time for us to dive into the Twins playoff roster. Oh, I've got my notes on a playoff roster out. Let's Well, let's start with yours and let's build off of it. All right. Who are... <laughs> Let's start with the pitchers. All right. Because there's going to be some log jams here. But... And I've got 13, but I'm doing 13. I am too. 13 and 12. I 13 pitchers, 12 position players. Because I think if you had better starting pitchers or if you had more okay. reliable starting pitchers, then you would be more likely to. I think you might have to bullpen. You're bullpenning at least one game against the Yankees. You might Agreed. have to bullpen two, depending on what Randy Dobnak gives you. Right. right. But don't, don't we now agree after last night? And I know the Tigers stink, but Dobnak has had an ex- a pretty prolonged period of looking good. 
Three days ago, I said, get me six to nine outs if you're Dominic, and then I'll go elsewhere. After last night, I'm tempted to say five. Yes, that's what I've been telling you all week. No, but I'm tempted to go. to So so let's say it's Odorizzi game one, if Patrick is right. Let's say Dob, or, uh, Barrios two, Dobnik three, bullpen four. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Is that, that our works. working theory? That works. Yeah. And then Barrios game yeah, five? so. Okay. So I've got eight locks here. Pitching. Barrios, Odorizzi, Rogers, Duffy, May, Romo, Dobnik, Littell. Ninth pitcher, Gratterall. Wait a second. Go through that list again. You have you only have eight locks. Well, no, my my eight my eight sure things: Barrios, Odorizzi, Rogers, Duffy. You guys are make me get out of pen. Aren't May, you? Romo, Dobnik, Littell, Gratterall. Nine, I think. Oh, Gratterall's in for sure on mine. Okay, yeah, that dude was. Again, That's nine then. That's nine. Uh, you're forgetting another. You you have to account for Stashek at this point. Okay, Stashek, Perez. Stashek has been incredible for the Twins. Okay, Stashek, Perez. So we're at eleven right now. Okay, I'm with two, not, with two more left. I'm not that quick to put Perez in the mix. Okay, we'll just so wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. So my last three, if uh, if Stashek is a lock, my last three then, gentlemen, are Smeltzer, Thorpe, Gibson. So I'm to fourteen now. So Smeltzer, Thorpe, who I think might be the odd man out, I think might be, and Gibson, and that puts you at fourteen. So one of those has to be cut. Is anyone else slipping through the craps? I mean, like uh, the craps, the cracks, or, or either one of those. Things. It's not crappy now. It's depends, good. Depends I don't on think as much I, spicy food you had last night. I went night. back and looked a couple times. I think Ryan that's, Harper. He's not going to make get it. you get you a grounder. No, I'm not going to. No, no. I can I can go elsewhere there. Uh, Cole Stewart, no, no, no. Hilden, Hildenberger. Can you imagine if you put Cole no. Stewart? Yep. Yeah, I think you're right on this. So you're, you're you're picking three out of these guys. I'll take, and the three of them are lefties. So I'll I'll take two lefties and Kyle Gibson. I'll okay. take Smeltzer, Thorpe, and Kyle Gibson. And so, are you leaving Perez off? I mean, I don't think Perez well, gets left well, off. Right, let's go this. I, I I want Smeltzer and Gibby. Okay. And then it's between Thorpe and Perez. And I'm mostly you just, think Gibson is more valuable to the postseason than Perez would be. Yes. I do. If you have the, if you have two other lefties, I, well, I'm ranking this way. Of the four guys left there, if we're saying Barrios, Odo, Dobnak, Rogers, Duffy, May, Latell, Romo, Gratterall, and Stashak, if those guys are your locks, and we're looking for three out of these four, I put Devin Smeltzer probably on top of this list. I don't know. Am I am I crazy? I think Thorpe might be left out. Okay. I think Perez is going to make it. By the way, if you if you get to these pitchers, you're probably losing like five to one. Right? I was just going to say any of these guys, you're, yeah. right, but it's like still important. It's still important because you want, yeah, because it, if it's five, if it's five one, guess what? You're the Twins. You're not dead. Yeah, but like you know, Smeltzer, like Smeltzer today, and I get that it was it was a bad Tigers lineup. Mm-hmm. He grinded out five innings. He didn't walk anybody. Give up some hits. I can see that. He's yeah. a hitable guy. But if you can, you know, I don't want a guy who's going to come in and walk everybody. And like Kyle, like Kyle Gibson is can come out and walk four guys. But I'm I'm also I'm also valuing Kyle Gibson above Martin Perez because I think Kyle Gibson can probably miss a couple more bats if he's going to throw 97 miles an hour. But you're using these guys situationally, right? Whether it's Perez or Gibson, they're not going to be in your starting rotation. They'll probably be part of a bullpen day, and you'll be using them situationally. Mm -hmm. And Martin Perez has been just dirty against lefties. I mean, it's... Kind of, okay, it's kind of ridiculous. So that's fair. And with 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 Gibson's illness, he's not at full strength, man. If maybe if he was at full strength, he would edge out Martin Perez on my roster. But if if it comes down between those two guys, I'm I'm picking Perez. Okay, I think both 
make it now. They they are working very hard for for Kyle to uh, make this thing, and I think he's going to throw again in Kansas City over the next three days at some point as well. I think both Perez and Gibson make the playoff roster. So somebody's going to go, and my guess is it's probably a guy like Thorpe. All right, so we'll say uh, goodbye to Thorpe there. I don't think no one's going to die on this. Personally, though, I'd be very tempted to leave Gibson off. Okay, but that's me being heartless and cruel. All right, let's go to the twelve position players now. Twins, and of course, I, this is where it gets. Really and of course, tough. I'm never heartless and cruel. I just want you guys no, to know never, that I don't. Ever. I'm not Mm-mm. a jack. You know what? Uh, starting nine: Garver, Crone, Arise, Polanco, Sano. Few errors there. Rosario, Kepler, Gonzalez, and then my tenth, my my DH uh, is Cruz. Man, so that's at one, two, this three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's at nine. Uh, Catcher Castro has to be uh, be on the roster despite the fact that he's been uh-huh. terrible since basically June at the plate, but he he's got to be out there. So that gets us up to ten, correct? Yeah. Okay. So options now. Options. We have two more spots. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, Scope's going to make it. Boy, this is... This and that, is the, you, you put Crone on automatically, too. Well, no, I just did that's, it. That's where I, I, agree. I have a hang-up. I agree that you guys might be right, but but as I did this exercise uh, on the Conduits of Trouble podcast with Chip, I did it for a reason. So you, now your options beyond that are Cave, Wade, Ostadio, and if he's healthy, and that's no given... Adrianza. Okay, can okay. I can I give you what so the Adrianza thing? What is his status right now? Um, Falvey told us today that he is working to come back, but he didn't really give us. Uh, and, and I think it's like Gonzalez, an oblique problem. Okay, and they and uh, and Rocco has been very guarded. He's been very much saying, you know, don't assume this. So so my gut tells me for the first round that Adrian's is going to be left off because he's not going to be healthy enough. So I've got nine locks for position players. Okay. Garver, Cruz, Polanco, Kepler, Arise, Marwin, Sano, Rosario, and Jason Castro. Those are nine locks for me. All right. Mm-hmm. So the other ones on the list, and so we need three of these six. Adrianza, and I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say he's out. I'm just going to say he's, Let's assume he's, he's hurt, so he's out. I okay? think that's safe. So I need three of these five. Yep. Crone, Scope, Astadio, Cave, and Lamont Wade Jr. Mm-hmm. I think you and I are on the same exact page. I have to keep at least one of Cave or Wade. I'm keeping Wade. And, I, and I'm and i leaning that way, too. I think he's a better player. Because the reason that you're keeping that guy, that the person who's going to occupy that roster spot, is for speed and defense. Yeah. And Jake Cave is is like Jake Cave could just as easily butcher a play that should have been, you know, a pop up into a triple or something. I, I don't trust Jake Cave in a big moment defensively. Wade Junior brings, I think, a better better glove, more especially more range in the outfield and more speed on the bases. So is your so in game one is Marwin Gonzalez at first base for you, and then yeah. you've got Kepler in center. His Crone is off of my roster. Right, right. So so Kepler's in center, and now your right fielder is. Boom. Uh, Marwin. Scope is in for me. And no, I'm, but who, who's at first base if you're going to leave off? Oh, yeah, Marwin's at This first. is my problem. So, because ideally, I'm with, with with both of you and the fact that I would prefer to leave Crone uh, off of this thing, but I, we did that in uh, the Conduit to Trouble podcast and ran into the problem of, okay, that means Marwin's got to probably play first base. 
And now so does Wade play right field with Kepler in center. Okay. And the other problem, though, and, th- and this, this is the, the fly in the ointment as far as I'm concerned. The other problem is this. If you leave Kronoff, Marwin's got the bad um, oblique. If that goes south, now who plays first base? You know who else could play first base, okay? Hear me out on this. The guy who had four hits today. Could you put Williams Astadio at first base and have a guy that never strikes out in your lineup against power pitching that you're going to face throughout the playoffs? Yes, you could. So I'm sitting here right now. I've got my nine locks. Uh, Of the other guys, I'm putting Scope on. I'm putting Wade on because I need a backup outfielder and a defense guy. And if you want to make a move or something and pinch run or someone gets hurt. So I have one roster spot left for Crone or Astadio. I'm going Astadio. Man. I'm biased. I'm the president of the tri- La Tortuga fan club. But that's tricky, you guys. You're also like, that's like, like CJ Crone's been one of your most, when he's been healthy, he's been one of your better players. Yeah, so are you rewarding a guy for having a good season? This isn't time like for his, sentimental his, decisions. His hand is not 100%. If the guy can't hit for power, he really doesn't help you a lot in the postseason. Oh, okay, question off that point. I love doing this. How good we've, is, we haven't been able to do this in 10 years. How this is good, amazing. Great. How good, if you do this and, and Marwin gets hurt, how good is Astadia at first base? I'm willing to sacrifice. You're not going to have a great glove at first base. You're just not. That's not that, looking at your options. That's you're making that choice based on offense. You're making that choice almost entirely based on offense because you don't have a plus defender over at first base. You're talking about variances and bad. You can also put Miguel Sano at first base if you have. That's you another option that you, that you could put. Well, you're going hand. down. You're going down a very and, interesting path, Phil Mackey. I love this path. Thank and you, you can always put Arise in the outfield. Okay, but here's why. Oh, but, uh, all right, the, Sano, the Sano conversation I love, and here's why. Last night he made his 19th error at third base. There but for the grace of God go the Twins. The left side of that infield right now is an absolute sieve at times. I'm convinced myself now that there's a very good chance that they are going to give up one run per game. Now, I get that it's going to be 10-9 or 11-10. I understand all that. But... I guess my question becomes this. Would you try and shore up third base and the left side of the infield as a whole by sacrificing a little bit at first base? Now, I don't think I can do this, but I'm throwing it out there as just a quick food for thought. Wait, you're, wait, you're just gonna you're just gonna throw something like this out I'm, there. Yes. You're just gonna Reckless speculation. Wow. Reckless reckless rocks roster speculation. Because much like our guy Jake, I hate reckless speculation. Um <laughs> Would you guys consider that? Would you consider having Miguel Sano and and let's say Marwin's fine, he's a better third baseman than Miguel is. Would you give thought to Crones off the playoff roster for at least the ALDS? Mm-hmm. Miguel Sano at first base with all the pitfalls there to improve what what you have at third base because quite because it's Sano at third base. I don't trust you guys, but it's also Polanco at shortstop. Like I just don't I don't yeah. like what you but, got going but, on right now. Here's the thing too. You're you don't have a perfect team. You don't. The Astros are the closest thing to a perfect team. You don't have a perfect team. So some of the stuff we're just gonna have to live with. The, the twins have to out hit their flaws in any postseason series. Because they're never gonna have a starting rotation that you feel great about, and they're never gonna have a defense, especially in the infield, and especially without Byron Buxton that you feel great about. Um, another question here too is: Can I just throw this in real quick? Yeah. I was, have you guys read Eno Saris's uh, article at the Athletic talking about postseason predictors? Not yet. And he was on Score North Live today. If you want to hear that, go and check it out uh, wherever you download podcasts or the Score North mobile app. And he talks about correlations between 
hitting and winning in the postseason, pitching and winning in the postseason. And when he gets to defense, he says defense has the most tenuous link to overall win percentage. Don't know if you can say anything definitive here except that pitching and defense probably aren't that much more important to winning championships than, say, how good your lineup is. So all this consternation and trying to figure out how do we get the best defensive yeah. formation out there, that's, that's kind of low on the chart of things that I'm worried about. You got here by hitting baseballs, hitting them far and that's hitting the them hard, and you don't change that now. You put out your best offensive lineup and then figure out where you're going to plug guys in defensively. Because I could sit here and talk myself into, well, man, you got to find if... You got to find room for a defensive center fielder. So you got to find room for Jake Cave or Lamont Wade. But really, like, if, you, if that, your yeah. goal is if you're if, if you're going to win a playoff series or you're going to win the World Series, it's not going to be because you got cute and put Lamont Wade as a starting center fielder. It's going to be because you scored eight runs every night. Yep, that's that's your formula to beat the Yankees or to beat the Astros is to outscore them. Period. So everything should start with who are the best offensive contributors. Um, and maybe have one guy like a Lamont Wade as a as a guy who comes then, in late in defensive replacement. And if Crone can't hit for power, I'm putting Williams Astadio mm-hmm. on over CJ Crone. I get like about Crone's done. Jonathan like Jonathan Scope you could poke holes in too, but Jonathan Scope is liable to hit a three run homer in the yeah. seventh inning that changes a game. Yes, right? exactly. And so and Williams Astadio, I mean people kind of forget this because he was on the disabled list. Williams Astadio has come to the plate 286 times in his major league career. Okay. He has struck out 10 times. There's going to be some value in just having a guy, hey, there's runners on second and third. We need somebody who like, so can put just the ball put the in ball play, play. And he is a guy that's going to put the ball in play. So I'm thinking about this stuff strategically. And the more the more I think about if Crone can't hit for power, sorry, man. Yeah, like, if Crone can't hit for power, there's just no use for him on a postseason roster. Yeah. I know I know that sounds cold, but... Yeah, it's not, you're a complete... We're not, we're not here to make people happy. We're not here to make people feel good about themselves. You're a bleep hole for trying to win that. a World Series. So uh, trying to fly flags forever is what we're doing. Since July the 16th, when he came back after the All Star break, I believe uh, CJ Crone has played in 44 games. He started 36 of those games. He has seven home runs, 22 runs batted in, and he is hitting 228, 281, 409. Yeah, that's sorry, man. I think you said and that's thank a long. So that's much. not a sample. That's not a small sample size. Yeah, it's not your fault. It's you just your thumb hurts. <laughs> and sorry, man. So uh, let's pause this because we're going to switch gears when we come back here and uh, talk to our friend Sage Rosenfels about the Vikings-Bears matchup this weekend. He is paid in Chicago to be a Mitch Trubisky correspondent. So we're going to tap into the brain of Sage Rosen. He's not paid enough. (laughs) He's not paid nearly enough. Exactly. Uh, But later on, we're going to talk to Dave St. Peter, Twins president, at the top of the next hour, and it's our quarterback cesspool challenge later on in the show as well. All week long here on Score North, our goal has been to raise money to put meals uh, into the lives of homeless people in the Twin Cities and give them a new lease on life. We're calling it Score North's Mission for Meals, benefiting Union Gospel Mission, Twin Cities. And listeners, you guys can help a ton by doing two things, one of two things or both. You can bid on fantastic Minnesota sports experiences at scorenorth.com slash mission for meals, where right now there's a few auction items up for bid. The one that we just put up today is a Purple Daily experience that includes four lower-level tickets to Vikings-Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium on Monday, December 23rd, and a $200 restaurant voucher to Red Cow or Red Rabbit. You also get a studio sit-in on Purple Daily with Matthew Collar and Alex Boone. You get to meet those guys. And 100% of the proceeds donated to Union Gospel Mission and our mission to feed homeless people. Again, scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. 
You can also just straight up donate. And during our show today, if you donate during our show today, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, 4 to 6 o'clock, up to $2,500, the Canopy Group is going to match donations. $29 buys a week's worth of meals for a homeless person in need. And if you donate at scorenorth.com slash mission for meals, if you straight up donate, thanks to the Canopy Group, your donation will be matched up to $2,500. Let's also talk about, before we get into some sage football wisdom, the best insurance company in the state of Minnesota, maybe even around the country. It's a Minnesota-based company. That would be Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Here to help business owners. Uh, I've been one myself in the past, and I know all the ups and downs. So if if you're a business owner and you don't feel like you have a great handle on the insurance side, or you feel like, man, I got a policy, but I just don't have a whole lot of support. With Federated, you get a few things. You get a face-to-face relationship. You get a 100-plus years of experience in multiple different fields. Uh, you get a great structure of a company that, by the way, was voted a top 150 workplace by the Star Tribune for the second year in a row. You get all these things when you partner with Federated. Go to their website, federatedinsurance.com, to find your Federated marketing representative and to find out about the industries Federated protects. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And don't forget, all week long, we are raising money to uh, to help homeless people get their lives back on track. It's scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. And every dollar donated during our show today, up to $2,500, will be matched by the Canopy Group. So uh, if, if you're listening live right now, get your donations in at scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. But it is that time of week where we go deep into the football-y football conversation with our friend and former NFL quarterback, Sage Rosenfels. And uh, you can find Sage on Purple Daily on Mondays and Wednesdays. And the, 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 the best part about your media work outside of the stuff you do for us is you are actually a Mitch Trubisky correspondent. For, is it for the score in Chicago, say, Joseph? Yeah, the score. Yeah, the score. Bernstein and McKnight. Uh, last year, it was probably mid-August, maybe, uh, maybe late August, and, and they add, they call me or they text me, ask me if I do a you know twenty minute hit with them, do a segment with them, and and talk about maybe I had a tweet or something about you know something with Trubisky did in the preseason game that I liked or didn't like, and so then I get get this phone call and I go on the radio. And, and I guess it was a, ended up being a job interview because after the show, they immediately called me and they said, we'd like to hire you for the season. We thought that was great. So now on Tuesday mornings, I wake up and I watch uh, uh, the Bears offense. I don't even have to watch their defense. And I just watch their offense and they call me and, and we have about a 20-minute segment and we talk about Mitchell Trubisky, but we really talk about the entire offense in general. I mean, their offense, you're going to see a completely different offense than we see in Minnesota. Um, and, you know, obviously Trubisky has his strengths and his weaknesses as a quarterback. And so, yeah, I've become this uh, correspondent for uh, the score in Chicago as well. And, and uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, I guess it's sort of my specialty. I get to talk quarter, quarterbacks, and, and, uh, and I enjoy doing that. After watching the first two weeks, were you thinking they, they, don't, they don't pay me enough to do this? Because that Bears offense was brutal, and Mitchell Trubisky was especially brutal for the first two weeks. I, I, listen, whether he does well or not, I get paid the same. <laughs> I actually, I, I'm hoping that uh, it's a you know it's a slow mar. I would say I try to think it's a marathon, right? If I came out and said right away he stinks, well then what's the point of having him on for the next five years? But if I say hey, this is a marathon, 
this kid is going to have good games and bad games, but which is true, by the way. The thing about Mitchell Trubisky is interesting is you know, doing some research on him last year, uh, talked to some people. It sounds like where he was at North Carolina, and he was a third pick of the draft. At North Carolina, he started for one season. You don't see that a lot in college, in, in the NFL, guys getting drafted in the first round or the top ten picks who only had one year start. But it was it was so impressive from the physical attribute side, his strong arm, and, and he was a, he's a really good athlete, is that they thought they could you know quickly mold him into an NFL player. The problem is he also, I'm not saying coaching was bad at his school, but it wasn't uh, pro style. I don't think they talked about coverage as much. They didn't talk about timing and footwork. And so he got to the Bears last year, and despite the fact that he's very talented, he's sort of very raw. You know, he, he's the opposite uh, of what he, a lot of these guys that you see that, you know, threw the ball a ton in college and played for three or four years. So he has a lot of developing to do. And there's still issues that I see regularly. You know, he'll, he'll once a game throw the ball completely to the other team, sometimes twice. Uh, he'll miss throws that should be, you know, seven steps, one hitch, let it go. He'll hang off for two or three hitches, throw late, then it gets intercepted or batted down to the guys out of bounds. And, or he'll throw a go route. And, uh, you know, I, I, he regularly throw a one go route a game. And it's Brad Childers' his least favorite thing to do. He'll throw it four yards out of bounds. And it's just sort of like drives you nuts. Doesn't, give, doesn't even give his guys a chance. And so, uh, there's a lot of development going on. They also have an offense that's, like I said, very different. Very much that spread style stuff. They try to use all their personnel. They don't have big one-on-one type of receivers as much. Allen Robinson is that player, but the other guys are all small and super quick and fast, like Taylor Gabriel and Tariq Cohen. So it's an interesting offense to watch, and obviously watching Trubisky, seeing his sort of weekly roller coaster of ups and downs and, and trying to go through those with a sort of fine-tooth comb. Uh, and talk to the, the, the listeners in Chicago about you know where he is and, and where he might go in the future. All right, Sage, your life is on the line. It's Sunday, and I tell <laughs> you, you can have Mitchell Trubisky or Kirk Cousins. Oh, and and if you're if you're wrong, it's over for you. <laughs> Which one do you take? I want Brock Purdy, my quarterback at Iowa State, who threw for like 470 yards last week. Oh, well, could you play? Who'd you play? On? <laughs> we, we are not. No, no, no we're not talking. All right, Cousins or Trubisky, which one do you take? Oh, uh, man, uh, you know what? I, I would say it's um, if your red zone Trubisky is is very tough, and here and here's why because he can run, and they'll do that zone read stuff with him. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of doing that stuff out in, in the field per se, but when you get down in scoring territory, you need a touchdown, uh, you know, a guy that can run around a little more and create a little bit more. Uh, but it's a pure pocket passer. It's not even close. I mean, Trubisky is not a great pocket passer. If I think you, you can beat him by sort of keeping him in the pocket uh, and, and making him throw the football from the pocket and trying to get pressure that way. So he, he's a tremendous athlete, but um, I, I probably would take the better passer. I'd take the better passer. I'd take Kirk Cousins. Overall, if I needed to drive, because at least he could execute what I'm trying to design with with uh, uh, with, with Trubisky. You sort of never know what's going to happen. He's sort of a wild card. See, here's here's where here's where I stand on the Vikings offense. I know that there's there's been a lot of jokes about how they're setting football back thirty or forty years with this this 1970s approach, but but I like the fact that they have said, okay, defense and running game are going to be the two most important things that we emphasize, and then the passing game is going to be more of a complement. But unlike most other teams that go down the road with that formula, Kirk Cousins is a more capable passer than like Trent Dilfer was in 2000, or the, you know some of the other quarterbacks. Like the Vikings had to do that in the Adrian Peterson era with Tavares Jackson. They had to do it with Christian Ponder, and Kirk Cousins is better than most of the guys that you would see at quarterback with this formula. 
Absolutely, no, absolutely, and and his upside is, is really good. I said when he's when he's throwing, when he's you know, uh, when he's got time and, and whatever. Man, he's he's impressive. The ball gets down the field pretty quickly. And he's got such a strong arm, and and uh, the problem is those sort of catastrophic plays, those bad plays. And so yeah, I take as a sort of a game manager. Yeah, I'd much rather have him. You know, he's going to do what he's told. He's going to you know you know uh, all the audibles and all the the checks. He's going to follow that game plan. Uh, and, you know, and it just trying to stay with those, those mistakes. You know, Alex Smith, to me, is the all-time game manager. Didn't have a strong arm, uh, but, you know, didn't throw very many interceptions. And what people didn't realize with him is he's, again, like sort of like Trubisky, a great athlete. And so he would convert that big third and three sometimes, and maybe not with a throw, uh, but maybe with some sort of scramble. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has that same sort of thing. The numbers aren't always gaudy. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. And so I, I do think, you know, listen, at the end of the day, the Vikings are 2-1. and one. They've played three football games, and those two games they've been pretty much blowouts, and, and the quarterback hasn't had to do a lot. And there's going to be games this season where he's going to have to do more, and he's going to have to play, uh, you know, better football than he did in, in Green Bay. So uh, we'll see as the game goes on. But I do think Kirk Cousins is a, is a good quarterback for this style. I, he's better than than what they do in, say, Philadelphia where they sort of put the game on the quarterback's shoulders, you know, mm-hmm. Kirk would, would struggle in that offense and, you know, probably win seven or eight games like last year. Could they even do more in the passing game if they wanted to, Sage, with, with the way that the offensive line has been blocking through the first three weeks? They haven't needed to. They just haven't needed to, uh, you know, push the envelope. And, and you know, why call a, a ton of pass plays when you know, they, that is their weakness of probably their football team? Run defense is pretty good. Pass defense is pretty good. Pass offense. Uh, the pass protection is their weakness. It's not the players out there, uh, the receiver position and tight end position, the running backs that are weapons and things like that. But right now, running game, and this kid Dalvin Cook, who's on pace for 2,000 yards, they sort of have three out of four that they're really strong at. And you know, pass protection is tough. And it's tough on this offensive line. So why expose yourself when you don't have to? You know, at the end of the day, if, if you score 21, 24 points, you're going to win a lot of football games. And you don't have to score them all. Uh, in the first half, you know, uh, any and every uh, possession with some sort of kick, whether it's a punt, an extra point, or a field goal, if you do that, you'll win almost all your football games. So, Sage, help me out here, too. Uh, if this continues to go well and they continue to run, run effectively with Cook, I think things are fine. But from your experience uh, around guys in the sport, and I'm speaking particularly of receivers, if this doesn't go well, uh, what do you expect from Diggs and Thielen if the you know passes per game they continue to get four balls and and the, these are two guys who obviously got paid but they're well paid because they are incredible when given the opportunity opportunity at what they do if this doesn't go well how do you expect this to unfold if they continue not to get a lot of chances per game you know that's a good question I I really brought into focus last week when when Stefan had what three catches for 15 yards yes. or something like that it was you know one of the lower outfits I've ever seen him have you know at the end of the day it's me about ego you know what would do those guys care if they have eight nine ten catches or do they want to win football games and what you said the problem is when the things don't go well and they only have three or four catches and they're losing football games you know that's the worst and and you know listen Diggs and Thielen are both very fiery guys. Uh, people love that, the passion with it. You know, Thielen has a lot more of that juice than I thought he had uh, in his earlier years. And, and uh, you know, he, he, they both talk trash and they both want to be, you know, ranked in the top five receivers in the NFL. So, you know, nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, the question is what will happen? I don't know. I don't know those guys that well. 
I'd like to think that, uh, you know, for the betterment of the team, that they would understand that, you know, in the long run, uh, you know, in the marathon of the season, the marathon of, of your playing for a franchise, uh, you know, the best receivers to me are the ones that are just really focused on trying to get their game better uh, and, and trying to do what they can and, and you know, leave it to the, the coaches and the quarterback and the offensive line, everyone else, to try to get them the football. They are reliant on everybody else. But yet it's a, it's a position that, you know, those guys love you know, having the ball in their hands. And so, I, you know, listen, I, I like to think that Kubiak and, and Stefanski – We'll do a lot of formational stuff. If those guys aren't getting many catches and they're losing, I think they'll formation to throw the ball more. But it's not going to be seven steps down the field. I think it's going to be a lot of the quicker stuff and get the ball out uh, because, yeah, pass protection for this offensive line is uh, it's, a, it's a challenge right now. Yeah, uh, Sage football wisdom here every single Thursday on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. The Patriots and the Chiefs appear to be the two clear-cut best teams in the NFL. When you look at the Stop NFC, it. yeah, big-time shocker. <laughs> When you look at the NFC, um, where a how would you sort of rank them, and where do you think the Vikings and, and where do you think the Vikings fall, and who do you think is the best team in the NFC? Let's start there. It's a good question. Um, I like Dallas, and the reason I like Dallas is because I, I do like their defense. They've got a young defense. They've got some good defensive linemen, uh, and their offensive line is one of the best in the league. And I, you know, teams that have very good offensive lines and the running game. That consistency, uh, along with a good defense, you, you know, you're just consistently going to be in football games and just going to win football games. Uh, and, and they'll probably win 10, 11, maybe even 12 football games this year, I, I think. So I think the Dallas Cowboys one of them, in particular the offensive line. And I've always liked Dak Prescott. I will say, first preseason game I saw Dak Prescott play, I was like, huh, that's pretty good for uh, whatever third, fourth round quarterback who's a rookie who's just come in the NFL from sort of ecology, you know, at Mississippi State. It was like they ran a lot of option and stuff and spread it out. Like, man, this kid, I think he might be pretty good. And uh, and I think he is a good quarterback. So uh, I think Dallas Cowboys is probably, for me, one of my one of my favorite teams in the NFC. Um, you know, the Eagles look weaker this year. Uh, the Giants, you know, the, that division, I think that's, that they're going to be the cream of the crop. Seattle's always going to be there because I think they've got a really good quarterback. The NFC North is it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a mix. I don't think Green Bay is that good. You know, they're three and zero, obviously, but I, you know, I, I think three of these teams could be eight to ten win football teams here uh, in the NFC North, and and you just don't know which one's going to pull out of it. So, um, you know, we'll see. But that, for me, probably the Dallas Cowboys makes the most sense. I'm trying to think of the other, you know, divisions. The NFC South, the Saints, Saints. I love the Saints. You know, they were young. That that Minneapolis Miracle team, they were very young. And uh, uh, you knew they'd be back, and they are back. And the question is, can Teddy Bridgewater keep that team afloat until Drew Brees comes back from his injury? All right, Sage. So here's the incredible thing. And I say this because Childress wouldn't have imagined doing this in his wildest dreams. Brees gets hurt. Teddy takes over as the Saints QB. And in the course of basically one week, Sean Payton morphs the offense to Teddy. He changes the entire team schedule to what Teddy likes. Just the ability for a guy like that to adjust to me is so instructive of why certain guys have long-term success and why certain guys probably don't. Because if if you, you recall, and I'm sure you do, when Brett got here, Brett had you guys on that West Coast schedule, and Brad went along with it for like two weeks and then changed it back to his schedule. I mean, what Peyton did to me is very impressive. Well, anytime you can mold, whether it's the offense or the defense, 
or even the schedule or anything to what your play, what the majority of your players or the most important players sort of want your football team. That's in a way giving your team some ownership, some ownership in how we're going to get this thing done this year. And a lot of coaches have this sort of separation between this is the way it's done, this is the way we're going to do it. It worked the last place I was at, and that's just the way it goes. And then you're going to have, you know, players that are fine with that and players that don't like that. So anytime you can give your players some ownership, in particular your quarterback, uh, I think that's huge. And I think it's huge for, for coordinators and play callers to design plays your quarterback likes uh, and, and call plays that your quarterback likes and has a long history with. But to me, that's more important than you know, designing the perfect play it's the plays that your quarterback feels comfortable with and things like that. And, you know, Sean Payton, Sean Payton's a smart guy. He's won a lot of football games, and he's done it with a quarterback who doesn't have a huge arm and doesn't always make magic happen, but just executes the heck out of everything. Uh, and, and they got a good team down there, too. I said their defense is, is young, and, and they can probably win in more low-scoring low games, too, if they need to. Uh, but they rely on you know, Drew Brees' arm so much that they are generally in higher-scoring games. Yeah. Hey, Sage? Football. You know what, though? Not one dig at Brad Sage. I set you up there perfectly. I mean, that was, that, was, that was pretty. I think that was a subtle dig there that I heard. Well, yeah, you know, I caught it. I was hoping for more. subtle. <laughs> I was hoping for just a little bit more. Can't always okay. go for the haymaker, John. Uh, well, I think every time you guys, like, if you bring up Brad's name, it's like, you know, I know you're trying to get me to, into some, you know, sort of sticky situation here. So I'm, I try to stay out of the mix. Collar does the same thing on her. Purple Daily. <laughs> of course. I think does. every week when we have Sage on, we should just at one point in the interview say Brad Childress. Yeah, or that's could, it. No we question could, attached. We could backdoor it too. We could say things like, "Hey, in like the last fifteen years, when you think about coaches that took teams <laughs> to NFC championship games, like, like the most overrated guys, you know, football uh, man." There's only uh, there's only so many coaches uh, that make it to the playoffs or the NFC championship game. And then the following year, don't make it through the season. <laughs> yeah. And Brad was one of those. Uh, Jim Harbaugh actually was one of those. You know, three straight, went to the Super Bowl, and the next season they went 8-8 eight and eight and they fired him. I mean, you know, some people just don't rub everybody the right way. And here we have Jim Harbaugh struggling at Michigan. So maybe there's something there. Yeah, he'll be, uh, he'll be updating LinkedIn at some point. That is Sage Football Wisdom. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. All right, uh, we're sending you to Chicago this weekend, so we will we will tap into our journeyman quarterback correspondent all weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You know, it should be a beautiful weekend in Chicago. I haven't been there in probably almost a year, and uh, we'll, we'll see what I come up with as I walk around the city for a couple of days, and you know, maybe maybe I'll shoot some videos or uh, re- record a few things for an occasional uh, podcast or something like all right. that. All right, Sage. We'll see you soon. All right, guys. All right, Sage Rosenfels every Thursday on the show and every Monday and Wednesday on Purple Daily with Matthew Collar as well. Which number? This is your fourth Bears fourth shirt. Fourth Bears shirt today, week, yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. This is the uh, V-neck Bears tee. Oh, that is a V-neck. Nice makes, chest hair. Makes my pecs look good, yeah. I'm glad I'm sitting so close to you so I can see right down it. Guns pop in this shirt. It's, it's, it's a nice shirt. It's kind of a baby V-neck, though. Yeah, I, I don't go too deep. Okay. No, I don't go too deep on the V-neck. Also, I think it's partly how I'm sitting right now. No. It's no, bad, yeah, it's bad okay. posture. It's definitely bad oh, posture, but I've got posture. terrible posture, so I can't, terrible posture. I can criticize you. Ever but since we stopped streaming the show, your guys' posture has just gone downhill real yeah, quick. Yeah, I did yeah. some yoga today. Thanks, Jonathan. To work on yeah, my posture. that's what I'm here Thanks for. Thanks for, Jonathan. I'm glad you kicked in on that. Yep. So, uh, so I'm here for Says the guy sitting exactly like us. We'll, we'll yeah. come back and we'll uh, we'll talk more about <laughs> talk more about posture when we come back here. We also, Dave, Dave St. Peter 
Twins president's going to join us pretty soon. And we have our quarterback. We're going to talk posture challenge. with him, too. We will. Yes. Only posture. Only posture. No yeah. rules. You know, your posture is uh, it's going to be pretty good in a brand new 2020 Corolla at Luther Brookdale Toyota. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could have bad posture. You can pretty much sit however you want. Yeah, it really depends things. on how you yeah. how you adjust the seat. If you're a low rider, kind of. A, kind Are you of a, a low person. rider? Uh, I'm short by nature. So, so am I, but I I still like my seat low. I don't know why. You have your your like one arm on the wheel at twelve o'clock, riding yeah. low. Yes. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. That's that's, uh, that's how I drive. Kind of douchey, but <laughs> just don't okay. ride dirty and you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, you can ride. You can ride dirty or clean. I guess in a in no. A don't ride dirty. Twenty uh-uh. Corolla yeah. LE. Hundred seventy nine dollars a they'll month be right now. If you're riding dirty, they'll be hating. <laughs> they will. They will be hating. Uh, the two thousand two thousand nineteen school guys. Two thousand nineteen Rav Four is uh, is going right now at Luther Brookdale Toyota. That's the car that I've been driving for two hundred nineteen dollars a month. Thirty six month lease. Best cars you're gonna find in terms of durability and gas mileage and all of the things. And uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota is the best car dealership in the Twin Cities. All right, we'll uh, be back shortly. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here with this hour's download. But first, the countdown to the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon Weekend is on. If you're not running, be one of the 4,000 volunteers who will make this annual community jewel sparkle. Whether you help at the expo or on the course or even at the finish line, you'll find your efforts satisfying and appreciated. Visit tcmevents.org forward slash volunteer to learn more and sign up. Twins win today 10-4 to 4 over the Tigers. They've now clinched... They clinched it last night, the AL Central. They also hit two more Bombas, making them the first team to ever hit 300 in one season. Remember, that record was 267, I believe. So they're well past that record. Four teams have now broken that record. They're now at 301 on the season, two up on the Yankees for pace for the most this season with just three games left to go for each side. So we will keep an eye on that Bomba race between those two teams as the season closes out here. That's been your score note download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Honestly, what I would do at this point, so, t- so today was the Twins have had a game in hand on the Yankees this week, and this was their game in hand. So they played uh, they played a game today, hit two bombas like Jonathan just said, and so they have a two-bomba lead on the Yankees for the record, mm-hmm. and now both teams have three games. Is there any reason, or maybe the answer is much like the home run derby and it screws up your swing, that they shouldn't just be swinging for the bomba record? Just to stay ahead of the Yankees this weekend? Or is that going to well, screw up your swing for the postseason? Legitimate question. Because no. it's the only thing left to accomplish is to break that damn record. I would add to your question, do you need to play your home run hitters to go and get this or keep this record from the Yankees? Because right now we're all thinking rest, right? With the remaining four yeah. games that they have I'm left. I'm thinking three, rest on Sunday. Games. I'm Against thinking, I'm City, thinking yeah. Bombas tomorrow, Bombas on Saturday, and I'm thinking rest on Sunday. Really? Yeah. See, I'm finding ways to get guys rest every day. Not ever. I'm not like playing today's lineup in all the remaining three games that they have left. But Wait, well, I mean that one scored ten runs. That's today. true. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm looking to give two or three guys rest every day from from now until Sunday. And yeah, Sunday is probably a lineup similar to what you saw today. I'm trying to get these guys as fresh and as ready as possible for October. So I, I guess my question back to that would be: with the way the ball is jumping in 2019, do you need to try to hit home runs? Because if you make contact, as we saw again today with two home runs in Detroit, yeah. you're probably just going to hit home runs. Yeah, that, I mean, you might have nailed the solution, which is you're, you're playing the Royals anyway. Yeah, so. just go swing. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll, I'll go down there, I'll swing. I might connect, might go out yeah. fountains. 
in yeah. play. You never know. But you're so close. So we we, we posed this question a few weeks ago, you're and, so Jub, and Jub was like, I don't I still care. Don't, I still don't care. <laughs> okay, but you're... How I do you still not don't care? Because I don't care. care. What do you mean? Because it's going to get broken it's so again. It's so close. It's going to get broken care. again. I, really I just don't, don't care. I don't, I, it will eventually get broken again, but I don't think it's going to happen next year like everybody else does. I really don't. There are so many home runs being hit. They're going to adjust this offseason because I, I think even Major League Baseball is like, whoa, we dialed it up too much. Let's dial it back. They, they, there's talk about putting humidors in stadiums. If they make an adjustment, yep. whoever ends this season with the record will yep. hold it for years. They'll hold it for years. Baseball doesn't want this to keep going up and up based on what they're saying. I don't care. I think it's fun when teams are hitting home runs. But I, I legitimately think if you end this season with that record, baseball is going to adjust and say, okay, we can't have this many. We can't have... This Eugenio Suarez guy has 50 bombs for the Reds. He's on my home run like, team. Sure he can. He's, that guy. He's really, really good at home runs. He's okay? a really good hitter, though. I mean, yeah. 50 bombs. 50 home runs is ridiculous. He's not a 50 home run hitter. But that guy's really good hitter. He's a good really hitter. Really good. But 50 Thank bombs. You. No. That's okay. why I drafted him. I know. Don't sleep on the Reds, okay? Don't sleep. <laughs> Did you know who don't he was sleep before on the, Reds. the home run draft? Before you decided, I'm going to pick this guy? Yeah. Sure. I saw he had home runs last year, so I took him. It's like the touchdown league. I looked at who had touchdowns last year, so I took them. I just like I can't believe I know my words, okay? I can't believe how indifferent you are about a, a very noteworthy and, yet, and and rare for the twins to even be in the mix with this type of record. And this is the guy who's like placing importance on an ALDS series win. Like uh, to me that to me the whole run record is bigger than an ALDS series win. When we talk about not if it's the Yankees. Not when we talk about looking back at this season and what will be memorable about it. Again, winning an ALDS has never stuck out in my mind. I've never looked back at a season of a team that I covered or rooted for and said, "Remember that year we won the ALDS?" Never, never in my life. Yeah, but it's the, if it, the Yankees are a different mountain for the Twins. The Yankees, the Yankees yeah. are the Twins' kryptonite, and the Yankees are the Twins' big brother. If you conquer the Yankees, it means more than their daddy most right ALDS series. The Twins he, here, anyways. The, the Twins in playoff games against the Yankees, starting what two thousand two, Phil two thousand three, two thousand three, are uh, two and thirteen. If you beat them in a division series, we're going to be very happy. Yeah, you can, you can, you can beat them for the Bomba record, and then you can beat them in a series, and then build out, and then whatever else I happens, care more happens, about the series, you, can, personally. you can build on it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, that's just me. We've talked about breaking curses before in baseball. Does setting the home run record over the Yankees break the Twins' curse? No. You beat them. You go punch them in the face in a series and beat them in the playoffs, and that breaks it. I'm with Judd. You have to, and you it have proves to there's no series. curse. It's just that these guys aren't going to care. Okay. I do, I do think that those Twins teams, Phil, that lost to the Yankees, that they were not that they weren't nice teams, but I do think at times they were probably a little bit more soft. The players were. This team's not soft. No, this team, this team, I guarantee this team thinks and knows in their minds that they are better than the Yankees. Don't Agreed. give a bleep. Now they might still get beat. It doesn't guarantee mm-hmm. a victory. But this team, there's just like, there's a grapefruits factor with this team that we, we kind of thought the team a couple years ago had some grapefruits, but that was nothing compared there's to what we've seen this year. There, there's legitimate World Series experience now, though. Marwin had the huge hit against the Dodgers. Cruz, yes, things have gone wrong at times in the field, but Cruz has played in what, two or three himself? Mm-hmm. Sergio, and by the way, I love that guy. He's amazing. I am, so, I am so on the bandwagon. Absolutely. Him saying that I know I'm different last night and all, I, I, I just love Did him. Did you guys see, 
I haven't brought this up on any of the shows yet today, but did you see when they took the team portrait? And this is apparently after I read yes. up on it was going on throughout the evening. Marwin Gonzalez is holding up his phone. And if you zoom in on the picture and look at what's on his phone, it's Byron Buxton on FaceTime. Is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they wanted to make sure. Morning Judd was on that. They wanted I to praised be- him. Did you? Yes, because. That's awesome. Be- because ordinarily you'd, you'd be like, well, Buxton is FaceTiming with his pals, right? Like Sano or something. I don't know. Yeah. Marwin Gonzalez doesn't have to do that. And Cruz. When Cruz in the postgame locker room on Fox Sports North went up behind Miguel and Audra Martin said something along the lines of, what do you think about him or something? And he goes, he's a good kid. He works hard. That was like a father. That's the difference. That's that's where the intangibles in the clubhouse to me matter. Yeah, but he can't stop running into walls, unfortunately. No, that's Buxton. Oh, sorry. This was Sano and, oh, I got you. I got you. and Cruz. Wouldn't it have been funny if Marlon Gonzalez threw the phone at the yeah. wall? <laughs> that's just awful. Sano and Cruz together on MLB Network last night is worth finding a clip of if it's out there on the internet somewhere. Uh, well, let's keep the Twins conversation going here. The Twins clinching their first division since 2010 last night, and you can find our five-day-a-week twin show. It's called the Score North Twin Show. It's a great time if you haven't jumped on board. Subscribe to the podcast or listen every day at noon. Apple, Spotify, Score North mobile app. And we'll talk to Dave St. Peter when we come back to Mackie and Jeb with Rami. No, right. that's kind of creamy. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Oh, for me, it's really cool. <laughs> The fact that there's somebody out there that I was good enough to contribute to a cause as grand as the one we're pursuing. Uh, the fact that they've received me and accepted me for my, I would even say I'm a little odd, I'm a little different, and I guess quirky would be a good word. Um, yeah, I appreciate y'all for accepting that. Uh, it's gotten a little bit of misunderstanding for you know the greater part of my life, but uh, I'm thankful that I, I seem to find a find a home here, and I've enjoyed every bit of it. The reception, the the greetings, the hellos, the, that's what stuff I get from a distance at, in Minneapolis. It's been great. Uh, and plus, this team's really good. <laughs> yes, that definitely helps, I'm sure. That was Sergio Romo on Fox Sports North I last that, night. Dude. That guy's hilarious. He's man. awesome. Just running around into sliding shorts in the outfield, shirtless. We actually, uh, that's an athlete challenge. If yeah, I told Derek. To volunteer. I've been very game for a lot of the videos and athlete challenges <laughs> we've right? done around here. That's not happening. That's right up your alley, right? I do not go shirtless for the sake of society. It has Wait. nothing to do with me. Uh, Twins president Dave St. Peter, can we get you to recreate the Sergio Romo uh, shirtless sliding shorts video, or are you out? You know, I watched I watched it firsthand, and there is absolutely zero chance. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You're looking smelt these days. Come on. <laughs> Uh, I know my strengths. That's not one of them. uh, It was fun watching Sergio do it. That's fair. He's the best. I agree with that. So you guys, the the last time and and the last time you won a division and and celebrated a division championship was 2010, and I don't think anyone could have guessed at the time, but that represented the end of one era of Twins baseball. Um, This has to feel like the beginning of another era of Twins baseball. Yeah, you know, first of all, guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I think it does, Phil. You know, obviously, we've had our struggles over the course of the last uh, decade. You know, 2015, we 
I think surprised a lot of people, came up short. 2017 had a really magical September, found our way into the wildcard game. But, you know, clearly the, 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 the leadership change we made in, in 2016 and everything we've been working toward and the addition of Rocco Baldelli last year as our manager and the offseason we had, I think it, it set the stage for what we thought was going to be the start of a, a, a new period of sustained success one that, that, that hopefully can rival what we did uh, during other junctures of this franchise and ultimately put ourselves in a position to compete for a world championship. So uh, I, I think 2019 has probably exceeded expectations on certain levels. Uh, I think we thought we'd be competitive. I don't know that we thought we'd be on pace to win 100 games, hit 300 home runs. Um, but, uh, but I give credit to where credit's due. Obviously the players deserve it. I think Rocco Baldelli and the coaching staff deserve credit, and, and of course I'm, I'm biased, but I think Derek and Thad have done a tremendous job here at setting the stage for a, a winning franchise. So, Dave, coming off that uh, that terrible two, uh, 2016 season, when Derek and Thad came aboard, what, what was your expectation as far as how long it might take uh, to get to where you got to last night? Did you think three years? Did you think five years? What, what was your expectation? Well, we never set a firm timetable on it, and I and I and I, I'm not being coy about that, Judd. Nobody ever really did that. I don't know that it would have been fair for any of the candidates at the time to do that when they came in and interviewed. One thing I did know, though, is that this was a really attractive job, and I think the, one of the the key reasons it was an attractive job for a Derek Falvey or for a Thad Levine to relocate to come to Minnesota was the talent that already was here, and and you know for that you got to give some credit to Terry Ryan and Bill Smith and others. There was talent here. It wasn't necessarily performing at the level at the time that maybe we had all hoped, but we still had confidence that Polanco was going to be a good player. Kepler was going to be a good player. Miguel Sano was going to be a good player. Taylor Rogers, a lot of other names. And uh, uh, to that end, I think I had confidence that we could get there maybe over the course of uh, three or four years. And reality of it is now is, you know, uh, you know, over the three years of their leadership tenure, we're going to go to the postseason two of the three. That's that's a pretty good pace, and I'm optimistic we're going to be in the mix here for several years to come. And when you make that hire, or those hires, I should say, of Falvey and Levine, you're thinking long-term. You're thinking years down the road. You said you don't put a timetable on when you want to compete, but you're thinking sustainable success. At this point in the season, do you just sit back and enjoy this ride, or are you still looking down the road and how bright your future might be? You know, I think you always have to be doing the latter, uh, Romney. I think that's probably where we uh, fell short in the in the mid to late 2000s. I don't think we were probably adequately assessing where our farm system was and probably, uh, you know, ultimately you know, didn't uh, pull the chute, so to speak, on a rebuild uh, in a way that, that, that allowed us to, to, to recoup and come back quicker than, than it has. So my point being is we're always investing in the present but also in the future. And I'm really confident that our farm system is going to be able to sustain success here and give us a nice cycle, hopefully for you know three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Uh, the goal is to be the St. Louis Cardinals and be relevant every year. And, uh, you know, that's ultimately what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Dave St. Peter, Twins president, with us here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And by the way, just a quick mention that uh, between now and 6 o'clock, as part of our week-long Mission for Meals, every dollar donated to scorenorth.com slash mission for meals, every dollar donated up to 2500 bucks uh, between now and 6 o'clock will be matched by the Canopy Group. So 
We're looking to feed and change the lives of homeless people uh, through Union Gospel Mission. And again, the website is scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Dave St. Peter, what would you say as you look at the way this thing has been built over the last three years and how much the organization has undergone changes? What would you say as you sit from your perch as president, what are you most proud of? Oh, I, I think it's the people that have been assembled. And, and when I say that, it's, it's, it's certainly easy to look at a Nelson Cruz and a, you know, a Marwin Gonzalez and those guys. Um, and, and then, of course, so many other people inside of our team. But I, I say that more broadly around our front office um, on baseball operations and what we've seen in the player development side. Um, you know, we've added a lot of bodies. We've spent a lot of money um, and, and, and necessary, a necessary investment, I, I will add. Um, but it, it all comes down to people in every business. And I think the people we've been able to attract from diverse backgrounds, uh, other organizations uh, with uh, diverse thinking, um, it's made us a much more formidable organization. And uh, I'm proud of that because I think at the end of the day, the things that have attracted these people to the Twins are those values that have always been central to the Twins in terms of the way we operate our culture around family, uh, being an active member of the Twin Cities community, all of those things that are gonna, you know, never go into a slump. Um, that's been part of attracting people here, and it's, uh, it's fun to be part of that. This might be tough, Dave, but... What, what in, in your mind, is a better or a more satisfying accomplishment? Coming out of the 90s and get, and getting good again starting in 2001, and then, of course, uh, you were AL Central champions, if I'm not mistaken, in 2002 or last night. Oh, boy. Different teams. Um, I think O2 had the, had the added benefit of being contrasting with contraction. So at the time, Judd, I think that one was pretty rewarding to, to see our team perform the way it did. Um, and to be honest with you, we were coming from a darker period in our franchise history, not just contraction, but periods of time where we barely drew a million fans. So as dire as maybe it has felt at times in the target field era, we are miles ahead of where we were in the Metrodome. So. Uh, as much as last night was special, I, I don't know that it reaches quite to where it was in '02 and '03. As we, in many ways, uh, I think you know what was the ESPN cover, the team that saved uh, baseball. Yep. Um, I think Tori Hunter, Makavich, those guys. Uh, you, you could argue they saved our franchise, and, and I know that's dramatic on one level. But as somebody who lived it, I can tell you, I give those guys a lot of credit. You can't say Nelson Cruz saved the franchise, but the the influence that that guy had on on this team and this clubhouse, Dave, can't be underestimated, can it, when you talk about the culture of the Twins? Yeah, you know, we talked a lot about him over the course of the year and again last night and just watching him go about his business. You know, he's a pretty quiet guy, actually, but he's a pro's pro and he's also a man's man. Um, I know the influence he's had on a lot of our players, not just the Latin players, but other players in that clubhouse is special. What's really cool about it, though, is how he's backed it up on the diamond. You know, it's a lot like when Torrey Hunter came back in 15. We had a good year. Torrey got a lot of the credit, deservedly so, for leading that team, but he also backed it up on the diamond. He had a good year. Um, Nelson Cruz has had a great year, um, and, and he certainly has probably exceeded what we expected in terms of signing him. 
Um, I'm optimistic he's uh, you know he's going to continue that trend line through the postseason and really lead this team on and off the diamond. And the the other thread that it, it, it's running through here at the end of the regular season, and it looks like it's going to run through next week. It has to be the Yankees, of course. You know, you, you you come back and you win the division, and staring at you unless something crazy happens here in the standings is the team that has been the kryptonite for this organization. But also in the in the home run, I've told these guys, I mean, I, I want you guys to set the the home run record so that you can put another stamp on the season. <laughs> Judd doesn't care about He's that. He's obsessed with the home run record. Um, you know, put a stamp on the season, but um, but your thoughts on it likely being the Yankees that you're staring at again? You know, uh, you know, Phil, um, you know, we obviously don't get to pick who we play. It certainly looks like it'll be New York. We understand the, you know, the, the, the history. Uh, that's my history. It isn't Bracco Baldelli's history. It certainly isn't Nelson Cruz's history. So I, I think that'll be overblown. But organizationally, I, I just say it's time to slay the dragon, right? You know, so, um, I, you know, well, we look forward to the challenge. And, uh, you know, I think this team is, um, whereas I know we've, we, you know, people will look at our pitching staff and, and point to certain deficiencies. I mean, you, you frankly could argue the same thing about the Yankees. They're going to arguably go with two uh, openers um, in the postseason. So it'll likely be high scoring, um, particularly at Yankee Stadium. I think it'll be fun. And uh, I think this team's offense, the Twins' offense, that is, has been not only resilient all year, but has been pretty consistent. So. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go. Bring them on. We don't get to pick who we play. No, no time like the present to uh, uh, to uh, to break that curse, so to speak. This is some good confidence, Dave St. Peter. I'm impressed. Yeah, I liked it. This I is some this real good. This is real, real confidence. Well, Judd, you know what do you what do you want us to say? You know, again, my again, I, I cannot reiterate, Judd. Our history, my history, is not the same as our players. Our players don't view it that way. You know, they view they view the Yankees as obviously they have respect, and uh, we always will. But, you know, the, you, you certainly go into that series with every bit of expectation that we're going to compete and ultimately we're going to win. Dave, is there any chance? Oh, God. Yeah, here it comes. Oh, God. That you could put a roof on oh, it before God. game three of the God. ALDS. I have to ask. I have to ask. You know, I uh, I think that ship has sailed, Ron. Oh. i got to tell you, brother. Thank Tom, God. I think that ship has sailed. But. But for you, thankfully, your Brewers have found a way back to the postseason, and maybe you can get down to Miller Park and take on some some National League playoff baseball this fall. Yeah, because certainly you won't be able to with your Cubs. He just told right. he, told, yeah. he told you to go back to Wisconsin, and I like that even more than the Yankee confidence. That was a really nice way of telling me go back yeah, where you he came did. from. He did. Someone finally had to do it, Rami. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, talk to you. Appreciate Bye. it, Dave. St. Peter, twin. Okay, I, that was great doubling down. <laughs> that was that slay, was slay the dragon, and solid. then he told you to go back to Wisconsin. Yeah, that was really a solid that was, answer. That was fun, dude. That was like that was good one stuff. of my favorite all time movie scenes. Like that was that was in the hospital room. And Adrian says, "Hey, Rocky, there's just one thing I want you to do. What was that? Come here." <laughs> Win. <laughs> or in Dave's case, go back to Wisconsin. Well, what are we waiting for? Go back to Wisconsin, Rami. <laughs> it's time for Brewers baseball. <laughs> but, like, I, I love that he said that. I love that they've. It, at some point, you just have to be fed up. It started in 2003. It's 2019. As Dave St. Peter said, slay the dragon. Just but, go slay the dragon. But he's right on pitching. That's the thing is, are they going to come out and shut you down, that offense? I don't think so. 
they shouldn't. Do you guys think that? No. They shouldn't. Luis Severino at his best is incredible, but he was also incredible going into that wild card game a couple years ago, and the twin bounced him after well, 15 minutes. And jump James Paxton then. Game on, probably, right? Just jump him. Ambush him. You can do that. Yeah. He's He's been good, but it's this team has shown offensively that there's very few, unless they are having a bad night, there's very few pitchers where you just say, oh, boy, this is done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Astros have all of them, basically. You know? Yeah. I mean, the Astros have... I love how the Astros last night flirted with another no-hitter. I don't know if you guys saw in the, in the aftermath. In, yeah. you know, they went into the ninth inning. Yeah, one it was out. Grinke Zach, last Zach night, right? yeah. Zach Grinke may have sabotaged his own no-hitter. Because Zach Grinke was on the record, I think it was last year, earlier this year. Someone asked him, hey, it's like the only career thing that you haven't quite done yet. And he said, it'd be more of a pain in the ass to have to deal with all the media. I don't want to throw a no-hitter. <laughs> he probably gave up a hit on purpose. <laughs> That's very Granky too. That's not surprising. Yeah, he, lo- he, he legitimately looked relieved when the ball landed in center field, just past the diving center fielder. That Granky is so fun to cover, dude. So fun to cover. What is he like? He's, he's from the outside looking in. Obviously, he's well. He has odd guy. anxiety he, issues. Right? He has social anxiety. So yeah. there, there is that little bit of awkwardness when when talking to him and when reporters are gathered around his locker. But at the same time, he still he gets it and and has a really really uh, clever sense of humor and a deadpan delivery and some. Some people don't even get that he's joking, which I think is why he comes off a certain way to some people. But if you yeah. get it, he's he's a really really fun dude. So is he is he well liked by teammates yeah. too? Really well liked by teammates. At least that was my experience. Didn't the in Milwaukee. D-back players love him? Yeah, I, I thought somebody from the Athletic after he got traded to Houston wrote this big thing about how his teammates and coaches loved him. Interesting, but he's sort of weird. So yeah, well, he's really good at baseball. I take him. Uh, yeah, I take okay. all the. I don't care how weird. The dude is, he's really good at pitching. Yes. That's you what would, you guys said when you hired me. I don't care how weird the dude is. He's he's really, good. He's the good president of the Twins just told you to go home. <laughs> go back where you came from. Go back from. where you came from. I mean, think about that for a second. <laughs> Team executives, people who own apartments, nobody, they all want you to go back to Wisconsin. That was a really sly way of doing it, too. Like It didn't, well, dawn, not, on, it didn't dawn on me. That's what he was saying to me until I had to think about it for a second. Like, this dude just told me to get... Get out of here. He's go a, back where I came from. He's a very smart guy. It's true. Yeah. Uh, if you, By the way, if you're just joining and you and you missed it, it's worth going back and listening to. That's the most bold he's ever been in terms of Twins-Yankees. So that was that was, uh, that was was pretty pretty good stuff. And we are, just another reminder, for the next 40 minutes, the Canopy Group is matching any donation up to $2,500 in our mission for meals to feed and change the lives of homeless people in the Twin Cities. Uh, through Union Gospel Mission. So you've got until 6 o'clock. If you want your donation to be matched by the Canopy Group, we would greatly appreciate you go to scorenorth.com slash mission for meals and straight up donate. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. $29 provides care and meals for a week for a Twin Cities homeless person. We also have great auction items up for bids right now. The Purple Daily Experience, four tickets, lower level to Vikings Packers in December, a $200 restaurant voucher to Red Cow Red Rabbit. You also get a sit-in and a meet-and-greet with the Purple Daily Show hosts, Matthew Collar and Alex Boone. So uh, all of that at scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. The quarterback cesspool challenge is coming up shortly here. It's hard being a quarterback in the NFL. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. Each week, Mackie, Judd, and Rami look for the worst 
of the worst quarterback performances. The interceptions. Intercepted! What is going on tonight? The strip sacks. And the ball's out again! And the Bills recovered again! The ineptitude. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful. It's the quarterback cesspool challenge on Score North. And that's the fifth interception today. Who's pumped? Who's pumped? We got Robbie back this I'm week. I'm so pumped. So pumped. Quarterback cesspool challenge. I got my guy. I know who I want. I feel like I didn't do as well Nobody as I thought I should have done. QBR stinks. Pretty sure I didn't QBR win last stinks. week. QBR's great. I don't know sure what you're I talking about. I think QBR, I, I think I didn't get a fair shake from Josh Rosen last week. Well, let's go through the results from last week. And, Ryan, you say you've got your guy, but you don't have the first pick yeah, this no, week. You, got I know. The second you guys pick. better not take my guy. So here is how the quarterback cesspool challenge works. It's 17 weeks, and our goal is to pick the worst starting quarterback performances each week as measured by in-game QBR. Mm-hmm. You can only pick each quarterback once, and we must each pick different quarterbacks every week so there's no overlapping. And every week we're keeping track. Jonathan has a full spreadsheet. Mm-hmm of who wins every week, who the absolute worst quarterback in the NFL was that week, and also we are keeping track of punishment ideas that we will start to implement soon. Yeah, when are we going to start doing this? Because I, 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 I have one punishment I have to serve already, right? Don't yeah. I? Well, we've got, yeah. well we, got, we got three punishments on the board uh, so far. Phil's one, the only one who doesn't have a punishment so far. Yeah, well, here's the results from this last week uh, in reverse order. Judd Zolgad picked the best quarterback of the bunch in Josh Rosen. You doubted Josh Rosen. This is why fifty-two point seven QBR. Yeah, but he didn't scale. play that that well. QBR is incredibly flawed now. I realize it's flawed. It's flawed. No, it, I don't see what's flawed about it. It's, it's incredibly flawed. Like There's a working. lot of problems. I'm trying to redo it. By the way, especially when you when you play halfway decent in the box score and you're playing with the worst roster in the NFL. Yeah, this is where yeah. I feel you I know? got royally screwed. But keep going. Rami had Joe Flacco, who finished with a 49 QBR, 1 to 100 scale. I had Derek Carr against the Vikings defense, and he was deliciously bad, and mm-hmm. they fell behind early in that game, a 34 QBR. But Jonathan Harrison, for the second time in three weeks, has come away victorious. His 98 passing yards equaled Kirk Cousins' total in week one, although this was a much more pathetic performance. (laughs) Intercepted and picked off by Devin McCourty. Luke Folk's 7.7 QBR makes Jonathan this week's QB cesspool challenge winner. Oh. Wow! Now I know where I'm going. Wow! <laughs> Hold on a second here. I gotta, I gotta research. And that by the way, Luke more. Falk was also the worst quarterback in the NFL last week, as per QBR. So it's the second week in a row that one of us has identified the worst quarterback. Yeah, the previous in the week NFL. I had uh, Trevor Simeon of the Jets, yep. right? By the way, the previous week, yeah, was... but he barely played, got hurt, and then he got. Yeah, that was an historically close I'm and, about and bad beat for Judd. Judd picked Ryan <laughs> yeah, I'm Fitzpatrick. Bitter, I'm bitter about the whole three point eight. Yeah. Judd had a three point eight QBR with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and the whole the system. Amazing. This system sucks. <laughs> Simeon had a one point three. But he got lifted. He got lifted before he could redeem his good name. It's amazing. So, so Jonathan, let's fire up some NFL music here. And uh, and we're going to go in reverse order of last week's standings, meaning Judd gets the first pick, Rami, I'll pick third, and then Jonathan will pick Real quick, though, you said, who all has punishments to serve? Let's catch up for real quick here, sure, if you don't yeah. mind. So far, Jonathan, uh, the, the punishments to be served, Rami from week one, okay. Jonathan from week two, and Judd from week three. Wow, so you haven't fit. Wow. All right. Listen, this guy, I'm a veteran at picking bad quarterbacks, okay? 
Or just mediocre ones, staying out of the okay. wind column, That's staying all, out of the loss column. I should column. have a win. That's all I know. I should have a win, and I got just royally, you know what, by and, the system. And we should ask. So we've gotten mm-hmm. we've gotten a bunch of. We want to keep collecting ideas from you guys, the listeners. Please send us punishment ideas. Tweet us at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting. We want to make sure that have we, we have been compiling the suggestions. We've got a few, uh, <laughs> okay, a few good ones. All here. right. Especially ones that fit, fit actually fit you. Yes. Yeah, because a lot <laughs> because of country I'm, music, I'm, a lot of bathroom stuff. I'm dumb enough to put all my neuroses out there on the air. <laughs> one of them, one of my favorites is dress up in the corn dog costume that we have here and stand out by the light rail for an hour. <laughs> Deal. That seems, Jonathan's, Jonathan's already setting up for that. That seems a little excessive, but I like it. All right, week four in the NFL. There's a lot of juicy potential cesspool quarterback performances to choose from. We'll start with Judd, go Rami, to me, over to John. I'm trying to figure out if Luke Falk is going to start again, because I think Cam Newton is still out for the uh, Carolina Panthers, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not gonna, you're not going to get any No, I know. That's what I'm doing on air. that last week. I'm doing on-air work right now. Judd on the clock right now? I think we do. Uh, Texans, they play the... T- Hold on a second here. I'm just Google. Let's wow. Google. Judd, come on. 30 seconds on the clock. Mm-hmm. Guy who's usually prepped. I know, but I just realized that Luke Falk might be starting against the Houston Judd is Texans. a guy in everyone's fantasy league right now. Uh-huh. Let's see here. Does <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Rodgers go yet? Yeah, he, Judd, he really was Judd. the first pick. Yeah. You know what I'm, I'm going to do? I got it. Don't do it. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Because I got to take him at some point, and I might as well this week. I'm going to take Mitch Trubisky. Oh, there it is. Mm. I'm going to take Mitch Trubisky. Mm. I had to do it at some point. I got to take him, and you know what? He's playing the Vikings. I'm going to put my faith in the Vikings. Mitch Trubisky. All right. Judd has picked Mitch Trubisky. I am going to take Mitch Trubisky's counterpart in Sunday's game. This This is... both of my notes. Both, I just teach you guys. I was always planning on doing that. The Luke Falk thing just really. No, Kirk Cousins. If if they're as bad at protecting for Kirk Cousins as they have been the first three weeks, and as the Redskins were last week protecting Case Keenum, I'm counting three guaranteed turnovers out of the hands of Kirk Cousins. And that's not even to say that the Bears will win because the Vikings defense is also very good. And Mitchell Trubisky will give you one or two. Oh, this inter- could be a cesspool. Yeah. This could be the cesspool game of the week. For sure. I think you might be right about that. It's a lock, probably. It's two good defenses against two quarterbacks who can go bad at any moment. Yeah. Can they both manage to be awful? All right. So, by the way, uh, we have to. Because. I, I, I'm Phil's gonna, flustered now. We really screwed him I up. Wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to pick Cousins because I, I thought that... Really? I couldn't tell by your I reaction. Know, I know, I know. Shocking. <laughs> but I'm going go to I'm gonna go to a backup plan here, okay? No pun intended. And Jonathan and I hashed out off the microphones if there's a scenario in which the quarterback you pick doesn't play. So let's say you think he's going to start, and then it w- turns out he doesn't start, he doesn't play, that you're automatically saddled with a 50 QBR. So just a league average QBR. All right? That's that's what, that's how it was two years ago. So I'm going to pick Luke Falk, even though I don't think it's been determined if he's going to play or not. Or do the Jets have a bye week or something? Is that why Judd couldn't play? No, bye weeks haven't started yet. Have okay, they? good. <laughs> no, bye weeks do start. Yeah, there's oh, two yeah, teams. That's right. They start yeah, with there's, there's two four. teams with a bye. Jets are on a bye. Are they? 
Okay, that's you know what? That's binding. That's binding. I was made fun of for my yeah, it is binding. my dereliction of duty. Is it binding? Yeah, it's, it's binding. Definitely binding. Okay, so I get, <laughs> I, get Luke Falk. I get Luke Falk you're on burning, a buy. You're burning your Luke Falk on a buy. I'm not even. Wow. And you said I wasn't prepared. Wow. Take that back, Jonathan Harrison. I've already written in the spreadsheet. Wow. No, the worst. The worst part is Phil is the wow. one who said you weren't prepared. Yeah, I know. And then pick the guy who was on buy. Two yep. picks later. Yep. Two picks later. I know. What do we have a week? It's not even October yet, and the teams are getting bye weeks. Were you that yeah, sure that Kirk Cousins would fall to you? That you didn't even have. Have a plan B. I had plan B and C, and I was going second. I have th- names written down. Three names written down. All right. All I'm saddled with. Unbelievable. Luke Maggie. Falk at a fifty. Okay. That's wow. Fine. I deserve it. Surprisingly, only one of my quarterbacks is off, and that's Mitchell Trubisky. Because I knew Kirk Cousins was get taken by one of you three, and knowing that I won last week because I'm great at doing this, except for that one week. I'm going to go with uh, the guy who's playing against the Patriots this week. I'm going to pick against the Patriots once again. Because it's a smart thing to do if you're picking this. Uh, Josh Allen. Okay. Going against the Patriots. Hasn't been good this season. And the Patriots have held quarterbacks to 13.4, 6.7, and 29.2 quarterback ratings this year. Aren't you That's smart? That's really a good bet yeah. to pick and against the Patriots. The joke's going to be on you guys when all three of your quarterbacks light it up <laughs> and Luke Falk on a bye. Okay, there's a punishment the if all three pick. of us finish above you, right? It's a group punishment. If you pick the quarterback that's on a bye. So if I win outright, if you win, yeah. all three of you have to suffer a punishment. I think, okay. right? No? <laughs> well, why are you questioning no. yourself so much? Yes. No. Yes. No. Why are we giving him? Because he picked a quarterback on a bye. Yeah, that's, yeah, his, that's his own stupidity. Not why, should I, why should I put more yeah. incentive on the table? Because he was dumb. Rami's all about Rami. Just yeah. leave him alone. No. <laughs> that is the quarterback. The Ram Dog is challenge. We hunt for the there worst quarterbacks in the NFL in any given week, and uh, we 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 will take your punishment ideas on Twitter at at we're terrible. at Jay Zolgad at Phil Mackey and at Rami is tweeting tweeting. By the way, another twenty five minutes or so left in uh, t- in anyways in in today's offer. We are looking to feed and change the lives of homeless people in the Twin Cities through our week long auction event called Scornorth's Mission for Meals. You can do two things. You can bid on some fantastic sports-related packages, including Vikings Packers, four-pack of tickets for this December, $200 restaurant voucher to Red Cow, Red Rabbit, and a sit-in on Purple Daily with Alex Boone and Matthew Collar. Uh, I believe the bidding is at $1,000 for that right now at scornorth.com slash mission for meals. And any straight donations between now and the end of our show will be matched up to $2,500 by the Canopy Group. Scornorth.com slash Mission for Meals. We thank everyone who's donated so far, and we encourage you to donate if you can sometime between now and the end of the show. Let's also talk about TCL TVs for a moment here. I'm going to be watching Luke Falk's bye week on a TCL TV this weekend. It's going to be great. <laughs> Can't believe that just happened. What an idiot. Just an absolute moron. Well, I won't be able to watch Couldn't Luke Falk the on schedule. I, I tried. You I hope you're more, the schedule. I I hope you're more prepared for the spot than you are for the. Did you just uh, do what Kirk Cousins festival? and Mitchell Trubisky do in the pocket whenever just there's even a little bit, bit of pressure? Just make a pick. Just go. Oh my God! Just throw it anywhere. He felt the time clock ticking down. Man, I got to do something. Luke Falk. Well, thank God TCL TVs have other games I can watch this weekend because apparently the Jets aren't going to play because you've got to have a bye week in September. You want me to send you the bye week schedule? That would be so great, know. actually. That'd be great. 
TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand, and you can go to any major local retailer in the Twin Cities, and you can do some comparison shopping. Compare the price, the picture quality, and the connected options. 5,000-plus streaming channels and 500,000-plus movies and TV show episodes. Go to TCLUSA.com, or like I said, go to any major local retailer. TCL is uh, the the sponsor of our studios and the place that uh, you can watch NFL bye weeks if you want. All right, back with more Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We wrap with Royce. Jonathan Harrison here with this hour's download. If you missed it yesterday, it was uh, quite the magical night for Minnesota sports teams and clinching playoffs. The Twins did it last night. Popped up. Coming in is Crone. He makes the catch. And with it, a magic number of one. And now the one-two. They did that thanks to a win over Detroit and Cleveland losing to the White Sox. And also, Minnesota United clinched their first ever ticket to the MLS Cup playoffs thanks to rookie, probably rookie of the year, Hassani Dotson scoring a 90th minute winner. Finlay in traffic. Stays in control. Right side, Metonair. Sporting KC's got everybody packed in. Here's Ozzy Alonzo, the Minnesota goal scorer to Dotson. Dotson, left foot, left foot, shot. He scores! Hassani Dotson with a Minnesota goal! And with that trip to the playoffs booked, you can join Dan Terhar, Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Aubin, Jamie Watson, and myself this Sunday at 6 p.m. with pregame for Minnesota United versus LAFC from Allianz Field. Pregame at 6 with kickoff at 6.30 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. That's when your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Joe Dorami. TCL Broadcast Studios, time to wrap with Patrick Royce as we do every day at this time. And Patrick, I, I think it's safe now to call you uh, basically Mr. Soccer, right? Since you saw them clinch last night at Allianz Field. That is true. I think uh, I think uh, Jonathan's uh, looking for something to prove my soccer I do have that, expertise. by the way. Uh, here's my soccer expertise. This is as I'm leaving at halftime, uh, at the halftime. Well, thank you for stopping by, sir. All it's right. been an absolute pleasure. Two one loans. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Called it forty five minutes before half. Regular Jimmy the Greek of soccer. <laughs> Write it down. Down one zero at the time. Two one. I guaranteed it. It was by a personal guarantee. And the boys were a little gloomy at the halftime, but uh, I, I, I thought, uh, from what I could see, our loons were much the better squad, and we're going to get the best of them eventually. You know what I did discover, though? A soccer crowd is like a hockey crowd. They boo everything. <laughs> <laughs> Every little tiny decision when a guy points the wrong direction, they boo like crazy. Uh, they don't, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're really sure why, but they're booing like hell if they point in the direction of the, of the other team that the ball is going to go that way. It's, uh, it's kind of funny. Yeah. So, yeah, we had we had two clinches last night. We had uh, we had uh, Minnesota United, then obviously the Twins in Detroit last night. Pat, you've covered and you've been around a lot of different eras of Twins baseball and teams. Where does the personality of this Twins team rank compared to others that you've been around? 
Well, they're never compared with 87. Those guys were fantastic. I don't think they sit in the next room and drink wild turkey all night and smoke <laughs> cigarettes. So, Durbeck and Gaetti and having the puck and all those guys, you can't, you can't beat that. That, but, uh, you know, you got some characters. You got, you got folk heroes. You got Ostadio. You got Aria, uh, Rise, or whatever Uh, he's a folk hero. Now we got Randy Dopnik. He's a folk hero. This team's got folk heroes, uh, guys that are easy to embrace. And, uh, yeah, they're, uh, you know, they're, 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 they got personality. That's good. I saw that, uh, they had them dressed up today for their flights home. I mean, for the flight to Kansas City, yeah, yeah. and they, they, didn't, they didn't have like wearing hot pants and stuff like that that they used to. But Dobnik's flying. Did you see that? Dobnik's flying to Maryland for his wedding, but they made him dress up too, like a guy from. Uh, I think maybe they they were allowed to pick out their own unis, but they uh, but they they made him wear his on his commercial flight to Maryland to get married this weekend. That's hilarious. Boy. If these were the days of the whole full budget Star Tribune, I would cover that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, that's a really, really good point. I, I think that would be a great wedding because, you know, look at this guy. It's got to be a Legion Club with a polka band, right? Yes. Doesn't it? It's got to be a, you know, some, uh, although I was just looking up his college, he was like an honor student. Of course, there was some college of 1100 up on a hill in west virginia so maybe they counted your teeth and if you had them all they gave you an a i don't know what the hell it was but uh anyway he was uh he, he, he looks like an old hillbilly but he might not be he might be a little sharper than uh, than we were hoping he was i know he just got here in late january but does running through the outfield almost naked put sergio romo in folk hero status or has he not been here long enough well, yeah, you're right. He's another one. Sure, he's probably been here enough because he's, uh, you know, there's no doubt about his personality. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, he weighs 150 pounds and uh, 30 of them are conios, you know, throwing that crap up there that he is <laughs> and getting away with it, you know. I'll hang you a couple more and see if you hit him out of the park. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And, you know, he's obviously a big personality, so he's another, you know, he's certainly another one. Yeah, they do have, uh, he's certainly, uh, you know, just added a real spice, I think, to that bullpen, too. And, uh, what a, what a great contrast he makes for me and, uh, and, uh, and Duffy, too, if you put him out there either after them or between them or sometime, all of a sudden you, you see Duffy throw 97 now and then all of a sudden he's throwing 42 and with that slider and then, then you can bring May back in and throw hard again. So uh, did you, whoever thought we'd be bragging about, well, the one big chance they have in the playoffs is their bullpen. Yeah, it's amazing. Who thought we would have been and, and Pat, even like more specifically than that, hey, everything's going to be fine because Tyler Duffy, right? I mean, but he is—he's—he's yeah. he's, he's their best reliever. He's—he's. He's, you he's told him in reliever. June. You tweeted last night. You told him in June. Yeah, I did. Honest to God, this is the truth. Was, I thought he was really jolly, and stuff was happening, you know. And he, somebody get a bloop, and then he'd walk the guy, and then then he'd hang one, and somebody hit it. But I, I thought. The whole life on his pitches was completely different than I ever seen. Even when he won those ten games that year, it was that you know people were trying to 
figure out this curveball he threw, but it's not as the curveball he's throwing now has got a lot more snap to it. The fastball's got a lot more uh, juice to it, and the fact he's only you know he only has to throw two pitches basically, and you know he can throw the slider now too. But I, I thought really his pitches were good, and I told him that one day because he's a good kid. It just I mean I wasn't interviewed him or anything. I was just walking over there and I saw him. And I said, "Hey, you know you're throwing the hell out of the ball." And uh, I don't think you've been lucky. And he said, "I think I am too." No. <laughs> you know, so. But it was it was. You know, I'm not one. I'm not one to wander over to somebody and say, "Boy, you're the greatest." And turn around and say, "Boy, is he stink?" But uh, you know, I don't do that. But uh, in this case, I liked him, and I thought he was doing good, and he's been pretty damn good to say the least. So uh, I heard you fellas breaking down the roster at four o'clock. You got no chance to keep crowing off the roster, okay? Keep your dreams. That might be your dream, but it ain't happening. Yeah, I mean, but if you can't, if you can't would, hit for power, though, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, why, why would they keep him if he can't hit for power, Pat? Because he's crowing and he's a first baseman. But here's the one I'd worry about, Kepler. I am. I would not be I would not be surprised if they go into that series without him. Because, uh, mm. you know, we haven't seen him yet, and they keep saying, well, we want to be cautious, we want to be cautious. Uh, really? Is that, uh, you know, he better, you better see him get some at-bats this weekend. Because you go in there with Marwin having the quad and him not showing you that he's healthy and something happens, you got to, you know, and you and you decide to keep 13. Well, I think because of those injury things, they're probably going to have to keep 13 position players. And uh, But, you know, if you, if you lose two guys like that early in the series, I mean, Kepler has got to prove to them he can play, doesn't he? Yeah. Before the before it starts, yeah, I, you know, it might not be Wade or Cave. It might be Wade and Cave and no yeah. You know, yeah, it's not doing me but, good. I mean, I don't know. I got to see him play. I got to see him play. Yeah, well, we'll I mean, we'll, the, I'm with you. He, if he doesn't play this weekend, I don't know if I don't know how you can put him on the the postseason roster. So, or the the no, DS hey, roster. How about those Tigers, man? The Twins play the JV and they still give up ten. Yeah, <laughs> they should just they should just go home. Jordan, you know, uh, bragging about my smartness in baseball, I wanted the Twins to sign Jordan Zimmerman. I thought he'd be great, and uh, he made twenty two starts this year and won one game. Oh, yep, yeah. eight plus ERA. He had he had one victory in. Gardy had to keep running out there. Hey, Pat. Poor Gardy. When, when he got to Detroit, didn't he initially pitch well against the Twins for the first part of that year or that, that year? I thought he was really good for a brief time period, and then he got hurt, and since then it's gone downhill. Yeah, his arm went to hell, and he couldn't throw ever. Well, I mean, I loved him. That gave me through in Washington that that idiot Matt Williams took him out after eight innings when they had got a foul ball off him. And that cost the Senators, uh, I mean, the Nationals, a trip to the World Series. Uh, was one of the, you know, one ended up getting Williams fired because it was so stupid. He was throwing great then, but yep. man alive, his arm went bad. And, uh, they got what? They got a guy, they got, he's 1 and 13. We got another guy that's three and fourteen. We got another guy that's. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how bad they are. Gardy's coming back though. 
God bless him. He's coming back. The yeah, poor yeah. devil. He begged him to fire him three weeks ago. <laughs> you can't, and you can't quit. You can't quit. Just pay me the money, Illiches. Just pay me to go home. I've said it a few times. He said, you know, I'd like to be back, but I'd understand. Yeah. I'd really understand if they fired me. Nope. Not going to let you off the hook. Sorry. Nothing like I Lakeland in March. I got to hug Rick Anderson and Little, and the boys are going to say, well, you have a good time here, Gardy. We'll see you. We'll go fishing when you're done there, because uh, we're, we're not hanging around and going through this, for God's sake. No, no. Um, it's brutal. Well, Pat, uh, this will be—it'll be fun to actually sit here the next week and plan out a division series for the first time. The last time we did this, you and I were just starting our show, and uh, it was 2010, so almost a decade ago. So time People flies. People like to go back. People like to go back and complain and about all the losses, but that 2010 man—if they'd had more gold—that would have been yeah. a hell of a club. That was a that was a good team, and you know they. They they were going to win game one, and they all want uh, the lefty hitter. Ruben said, you know, now, who, who uh, Curtis, Curtis, Curtis Granderson hit a triple. At Curtis Granderson, yeah. Otherwise, you're rolling. You're going to be up one home. You get to play him at home again. That was brutal. Yep. So, all right, Pat, we'll talk again tomorrow. All right, Jets. Bye. Uh, uh, wrapping Mr. With Soccer. Royce. Mr. Soccer, but he didn't see a clean sheet yes, last he was, night. He was on the half. He did not see a clean sheet last it night. It was ama- I forgot that he called two one. Called two one. That is amazing. Yeah, this is a man who watched the kicks. Okay, and they were down one 0 and they did not look good in that first half. And he calls two one winner. The action on the pitch was fantastic. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Second half was awesome. He said it was clear to him that the United players were better than the other teams' players. It was clear to him after one half of football. You guys want to know Ron Gardenhire's record in the last six years? Sure, as a manager. 375 and 592. Yeah. Poor cold. How many millions, though? How many millions have poured into the Garden Hire account? I would just, I'd quit. All right. Just forget about it. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Podcast. Of course you Apple, Spotify, Score North Mobile app. Selfish. Don't tell me these things. You're ruining my evening. (laughs) Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the College Football Playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.